We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Road of His Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball and more. And if you listen later in the show, we're going to give you an opportunity to get a 100% deposit match up to $100 so you can get involved with Best Ball Mania 3 and all of the other great contests at Underdog. All right. So uh, today we are missing Dan. Dan Dan's wife is out of town, and therefore Dan has 18 kids that he has to juggle. And Justin also has 18 kids, but he has taken the time out um, to to join me this evening. How's it going tonight, Justin Peak, the lovely editor of the Tradecast? And you know, I feel like you were a sub co-host for like two or three months in 2020, 2021. But like we haven't had you on in a while. Yeah, having another baby will do that. So. <laughs> uh, I haven't had nearly as much time to be able to even sub in whenever you needed to. So had to leave you and you and Dan hanging sometimes uh, on your own, but happy to try to be a sounding board for you tonight and get some input that I can. All right, let's hop into the show. So this is basically all the player, all the relevant players we didn't talk about in our first episode. Make sure to listen to the first post draft episode for all the fire takes on, you know, the big trades with AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown and all the big first round and second round picks. There's actually one – yet yeah, we have one first-round pick on the list for this evening. We're not going to start there, though. We're going to start with, I think, one of the possible landmines of the 2022 rookie draft, and it is one Sky Moore. Sky Moore is, uh, was a second-round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, uh, similar – uh, fanfare that was had uh, with McCole Hardman, and now we're seeing it with Sky Moore. I'm not saying that that Sky Moore is the same level of prospect, uh, for better or worse, as McCole Hardman was, but I do feel like the Sky Moore profile is reminiscent of what we've seen from a lot of disappointing wide receivers, where it's this guy goes in the second round and he's being vaulted above first round wide receivers like Jahan Dotson and even Chris Olav for some people, and it's just like 90% because of the offense and maybe 10% because of his pro profile. Do you also see more as a landmine or do you think that the situation calls for him being, you know, that 
that mid to late first round pick? Uh, I definitely think, I mean, we've seen some history with the, the chiefs. Yeah. They're a great offense and the, the people that are there tend to end up producing, but it's because they've got talented people there. It's not necessarily because like just, okay. Anything that, uh, anything that they touch turns to gold. So, I mean, we've seen CEH that, uh, you know, everybody vaulted him up uh, high in the rookie drafts and, didn't work out for him. Uh, you know, Nicole, obviously, I don't know that anybody had him nearly as high as like CEH, but I, I don't know that just that situation is that great to where he should be valued as highly as, yeah, I've, I've seen what you're talking about, uh, people taking him above uh, receivers that he was drafted behind. So I likely will not be getting him. Yeah, I, I don't have any Sky Moore quite yet. My one opportunity was uh, where I, c- I could have possibly gotten them. I was one pick away in Superflex, and the the, t- the top two guys were Kenny Pickett and Sky Moore. And I decided to trade a third and fourth round pick to move up one spot because I thought the guy above me was going to get Kenny Pickett. And as you hear uh, sirens in my background, uh, I traded up, got Ken- Kenny Pickett, and the guy after t- took sky more and then i asked him like, where are you going sky or pick and he said sky so i could i could have sat sat still and i still would have had picket but i think that that's probably where he's at in superflex now where it's like you know after dotson you know it's really a decision of do you want sky more or kenny pickett and lo- looking at his road of his box score scout his similarities tory smith's a very solid you know comp going into a very solid offense of the chiefs anthony miller at 89 elijah moore 88 dj chark 87 Rashad Bateman, 82, Chris Given, 79. So a nice grouping, not, not nothing that's like beating the door down uh, with those comps, but there is definitely, you know, legitimate options where he, bec- he becomes like an NFL, NFL wide receiver two and like a, a dynasty wide receiver three. Do, do, that, do you see that as an upside or you see that as um, maybe even more, more of a median? I would say that's probably the upside. I mean, he yeah. definitely has, has uh, plenty of, Plenty of room. I mean, that, that offense is good. So if he is as talented as, you know, I, I assume the Chiefs probably saw, saw something in him, then hopefully he can be that. But I definitely think that's more where that's the highest he can be. That's the ceiling, like you're saying. So, Yep. All right. Let's move on to uh, on the next wide receiver. And it is one Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams, uh, first round pick. The Lions moved up from 32 to 12 to ensure they got him. And I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but it wasn't on the rundown. But the Lions are putting together an offense that could be very scary once they get the quarterback position figured out. And even in the meantime, I think that Goff can be like a legitimate, like low end QB2, high end QB3 in an offense that has TJ Hawkinson and DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameson Williams. I think it's a very, and DeAndre Swift as well. Like it's a very good young offense, you know, sans the QB position. So I'm buying Jamison Williams more so for the for, for the concept of 2023 because I don't think that the Lions escape the 2023 draft without you know selecting a, a quarterback in most likely the first round if not the first round then the top two rounds. So what, what is your outlook outlook on Williams? I think I think that my general and immediate outlook is it's a little bit crowded for a golf thing for Williams to be to be relevant in year one. But I think that his upside in year two with an elevated offense is sky high, like legitimate top 15, top 16 wide receiver. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely see what you're talking about with that offense. And, you know, I think there is, uh, like you've said in the past, in other years, I think of uh, there's room for Goff to be able to be uh, actually decent and then to end up winning some games. So that's where I, I'm a little bit hesitant of exactly how good of a quarterback they're going to end up getting. Uh, we've we've seen as well that uh, a lot of the players. Well, sure. They, team, they, they still have the Rams first to move yeah. up if needed to. True. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, with that first, then maybe they get one. So, uh, but they need to move up because uh, we've seen a lot of the, the players having some passion uh, to make sure that they're winning, even if the team isn't necessarily that good. Uh, they, they, no, sure, and, and and of course the uh, the the Dan Campbell biting kneecaps. Like Dan Campbell is not the coach you want if you're trying to throw games. And I don't think the Lions are. They're putting together a very solid team very quickly. Um, and so with Jamison Williams, I, we we talked a little bit about the hierarchy of where he is with those top four, four wide receivers. Uh, Justin, where do you have him among the the Garrett Wilson and Drake London and uh, who's who's the fourth one? Oh, Traylon Burks. Um. I have him honestly the fourth of those. Yeah, uh, okay. Burks is my one. Uh, I'm a homer in that sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, I, I I love those other players. So I, I'd still rather rather take him. But I'm definitely still excited to get any four any of those four. Yep, and looking at his Rotovase box score scout, 95 comparable to Jerry Judy, 77 Lamb, 72 Aguilar, 62 Corey Coleman, 61 Calvin Ridley. So some some nice names on that list, but also you know some that haven't like you know shown what they're exactly like. We don't know if uh, we don't know if Jerry Judy's a good comparable or a bad comparable really yet, and he's had a, a fine career thus far, but it's not like he's been a dynasty hit so far. Um, next we'll go to Christian Watson of the Green Bay Packers. I think that I'm putting him in a similar mold to Sky Moore, where I feel like he's getting elevated because of his landing spot. Granted, he was a very high uh, second round draft pick and he's going to an Aaron Rodgers offense that is devoid of targets. So I think that there is definitely an opportunity for a very high immediate floor. Uh, one, one, one thing I would compare it to, not in terms of like his ability, but more, more in terms of like the situation, would be Kelvin Benjamin in, in his rookie year, where he just had that deluge of targets, and obviously there's an upgrade in targets between a uh, Cam Newton target and an Aaron Rodgers target. But I think that he might have a very high target floor and it's just a matter of is he a good enough prospect to convert those targets into, you know, like wide receiver two or wide receiver three, or is he just, you know, a, a run of the mill guy who's going to be, you know, a wide receiver four? Yeah, I honestly like his upside a little bit better than Sky Moore. Not even necessarily just uh, his uh, like that offense, but where he's drafted, uh, he's I don't know. I mean. They, they showed that they definitely wanted something there. Uh, he's he's obviously, I mean, he's not, uh, didn't break any records or anything, but he's definitely fast uh, and big. So he's he's got those measurables to, I think, put together something a little bit better than what Scott Moore is and then is in that offense. So of somebody that, you know, is basically getting a bump for their, um, their situation, I'd prefer him. Uh, but... But yeah, I definitely think that he's probably getting uh, overdrafted because of the situation. I'm still. Yeah. And th- here's the thing, though, similar to Sky Moore, I think, uh, is that this class is so bad <laughs> that 
I think that I think that Chris, Christian Watson, Sky Moore deserve to be late first round, early second round rookie picks in this class. I think that in 2023 and 2024, they might be mid second rounders, late second rounders, those type of guys. And, you know, an early second round receiver like Christian Watson was, that guy's going to go in the, the, you know, fringe first, early second in most years anyways. But I, I think that it speaks to the strength of this class that I, I think most people aren't like running to the podium to select either of these guys. They're like, I really like the situation. I think they're okay prospects. They have that second round draft capital. Therefore I'm going to take them. It's not like this is like the most talented wide receiver I've seen in so many years. Right. Let's go to the running back position. We have uh, James Cook of the Buffalo Bills, formerly of Georgia. He was drafted at 63rd overall at the end of the second round of the NFL draft. Um, his road of his box score style comparables are 100, 100 uh, sim score with Kenyon Drake, uh, Johnny White at 83. Don't know who that is. Uh, Chris Thompson, uh, the uh, former former Jaguar uh, and, and Washington football teamer. And Naheem Hines. So kind of looking like that satellite back um, with maybe a little bit of upside in James Cook heading to Buffalo. Uh, they they have competition-ish at the running back position. I think Singletary has played his way into like being an NFL running back. But I don't think that if James Cook is making explosive plays, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, we got to make sure we get Singletary as carries. Like they're going to put the guy who's who's making the big plays in that offense, whether it's, you know, Cook or Singletary. Um Cook is, and I am not alone in this, he is my favorite of the, um, you know, non-Kenneth Walker and um, Brees Hall running backs. And I think that he has the, you know, the highest fantasy floor and ceiling with that with that reception profile. Um, and mostly just because the, the landing spots weren't fantastic for the other day two running backs. Sorry, I missed the question. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. just... just Sound off on Drake. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Cook. <laughs> um, I definitely, I mean, he's got the upside for sure. Uh, I'm not excited about him either. Uh, but uh, like we talked about last time, that's probably uh, a lot more with the class too. He's still, you know, pro- uh, probably deserves to be a first round pick in this class. Uh, but. I definitely have some concerns over him and everything. Those comparables, are, you know, aren't aren't great, uh, but uh, it is a good offense. And uh, you know, if anybody can make something happen with that type of running back, then uh, you know, Josh Allen should be able to, uh, you know, help spread things out and get him going. Do, do you think that the there, there's a bit of a narrative? I think that's spun basically whenever there's a rushing quarterback that there's a limited upside with the, the, the red zone touchdowns with Josh Allen's running back that we saw, you know, from Cam Newton in years past, like I, for me, I don't think that really affects my opinion or profile of James cook, but is that something that, that you think should be accounted for? Like, okay, there's going to be those Josh Allen red zone touchdowns. Well, I don't know that James Cook would have been kidding, you know, yeah. those up the middle, you know, from the one yard line carries anyway. Uh, I so mean, I, I, I think that the goal would be for him to eventually get those if he's, you know, yeah. a, a number one running back. But the question is, is he a one, one, a one B? Is he a one, a one by himself? You know, that type of thing. Right. I don't think he's going to be a, a one by himself to where he would get those. Uh, mm-hmm. So what goal line touches he's likely to get, I don't think is necessarily coming from like the one just trying to put, uh, push it in. So, 
uh, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not concerned for, uh, you know, Josh Allen in that respect to take him away. That does, uh, I do believe in that some to some of those running backs that, that are going to be those, those kind of plotters or whatever, but they're going to run it up the middle. Uh, but with him having a little bit more of that explosivity, then uh, I'm not as concerned with that portion of it. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, Chiefs, Lions, Packers, Bills. Which one of these are you stacking in Best Ball Mania 3? Um, Chiefs, Lions, Packers, Bills. The four teams we've talked about so far. Just yeah. just so you don't I didn't pick those out of my hat. <laughs> probably the Packers. I was just the thinking pa- of them again. Uh, probably the Packers is what I prefer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Packers would be an interesting one because – a lot of their weapons, Sands, Aaron Rodgers, are going to be fairly cheap. I, I think that, you know, uh, Jones or Dylan are going to be a little bit more on the expensive side. But if you're going to stack maybe a, a Rodgers, a Christian Watson, and a Tanyan, like, that's a, a pretty reasonable stack that you can probably get, you know, post round seven, eight. Whereas, you know, with the Chiefs, like, or not, not with the Chiefs because they lost Tyreek. Um, but I would say probably honestly with the Lions, like the, the, the Lions weapons are going to be going in those first six rounds, and then you can golf, get golf much later. Um, I, I think that honestly the safe play is probably just to, to take Josh Allen and, and, and stack whatever you need with him. Um, and James Cook might not be a bad option there. So if you're going to stack James Cook and Josh Allen, you got to do so with the best ball mania three. The best place to play fantasy football this summer is underdog fantasy. Their Best Ball Mania 3 tournament has $10 million in total prize money. And the best part is you just draft your fantasy fantasy football team, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, no in-season management. Underdog gives you your best score each week of the season, and the highest score at the end of the year wins. The champion of Best Ball Mania uh, last year drafted in June. So there's no time like the present to join Underdog and take your shot at a million-dollar draft. Plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up using the promo code ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. That's four free entries into Best Ball Money 3 when you deposit that $100. So what are you waiting for? Head to UnderdogFantasy.com or the App Store. Sign up for Underdog with the promo code ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. And draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code ROTOVIZ. And make sure you're adding myself at MPLFF, at, at FF Dynasty, who you're stacking in Best of All Mania 3. We want to hear from you, the people. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Speaking of stacks, we're going to talk about a couple of teammates back to back or back to back to back here. Um, Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods, uh, two weapons for uh, the the young Matt Ryan (laughs) in (laughs) Indianapolis. Um, Alec Pierce in the second. Jelani Woods, I believe, was in the third. Um, what are your opinion on, on these two guys joining on T Y Hilton? Uh, I, I think you you were a big T Y Hilton guy back in the day, or maybe I'm making that up. Um, nope. By the way, you're not Hilton guy. No. Okay. Well, you know, they, they hear you first. Justin hates T Y Hilton. Doesn't even want him to get a job. Um, Alec Pierce, Johnny Woods and Michael Pittman is really the entire Colts offense, right? Is there something I'm missing? Like I, I, they had to invest in the, you know, in the weapons position essentially, or they would have to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor 87 times a game. So, um, what are your thoughts on, on these two? Is there a favorite between not, not in terms of like, would you trade Jelani Woods for Pierce or would you trade Pierce for Woods? But is there one that is just more of a favorite or a target of yours in rookie drafts right now? Um, I can't say I'm really targeting necessarily either of them. Uh, and that's where I, 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 I wouldn't say I hate Hilton. Uh, I, I have, <laughs> have had him and, and, uh, on several teams before and stuff, but, uh, he's never been, I, I tend to not go for any other AFC South, uh, teams <laughs> that, True. that highly. Uh, that's actually why I'm really, uh, I, I, I hate that. Uh, Burks got drafted by, by the Titans because <laughs> uh, I love that guy from college, but uh, he has to play against my Jags twice. So, uh, so I, I, I'm not big on either one. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, just from a profile, or uh, you know, because they're cold. Don't love, you know. Hopefully, Ryan shows more than what he did last year, and uh, you know, the change of scenery can help him. But I'm not. Not confident in him either to be able to produce with, uh, you know, any one particular weapon there. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think Pittman probably definitely does at least this year, uh, if not, you know, even potentially next year, kind of leaves himself as that one. But everything else is going to be kind of spread out. And even I don't, I don't know that Pittman's going to be that uh, that highly targeted. Yeah, I mean, targets. yeah, I mean, just looking at it, I, I am not going to end up with a bunch of Pierce because I'm going in Superflex. I'm going quarterback there. I'm I'm going uh, Des- Desmond Ritter, Emily Quillis. You know that that the second grouping, the the day three Matt Coral. Uh, I mean, day two running well, quarterbacks and Superflex. I'm going over Alec Pierce, uh, and so I'm not getting a, a bunch of him. I am getting some Jelani Woods in that like third to, to mid third and Superflex uh, value. Um, because I, his upside is immense with his, his prospect profile of, you know, just being a metrics freak. Um, you know, he blew up the combine. So I, I like Jelani Woods, but Jelani Woods is definitely the type of player that is huge floor, huge. I mean, uh, no zero floor, huge ceiling. Um, I don't have his pick in front of me. Let's see if I put, what would you guess he was at pick 90 about? I'm putting him into the road of his box score scout to see what he was. I mean, to see what he looks like. Um, at pick 90, his comparables are Sprinkle, Gasecki, Keen, Higby. So, you know, some hits there in, in Gasecki and Higby relatively. 
you know, from the metrics freak, you know, library of things. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not like eagerly drafting any of these guys, but I, I do think that Woods has some nice upside in that Colts offense because there isn't a, a ton out there. And this one makes a little more sense because they're because they're terrible. Uh, he's I mean, not the players, the the team is Houston Texans are terrible. Um, Davis Mills is going to have a year to prove it and prove that he's, you know, basically a run in the bill backup and not an NFL starting quarterback. But the weapons that that have been provided to one Davis Mills, it has been John Mechie in the second and Damian Pierce in the fourth. As a huge draft capital guy, I have to disavow uh uh, Damian Pierce, because he is going ahead of some day two running backs, you know, namely uh, Tryon da- uh, Davis Price, or is that his name? Tryon David Price, TDP, whatever his name is. Um, and I think there's a couple other uh, day two running ba- backs that he's going, that Pierce is going ahead of. And John Metchie's an interesting one, um, because I was a little bit wary, you know, due to the injury, but the fact that he went at pick 44 speaks volumes to what the, the, the health you know, staff at Houston, you know, thought of, of his health issues and basically saying that they didn't exist or weren't in, or, or weren't a concern. And looking at his prospect profile, it's it's pretty attractive. Um, you have a, a sim score of 90 Percy Harvin, 85 Curtis Samuel, 67 Paris Campbell, 60 McCole Hardman, 59 Lynn Bowden. So, I mean, obviously there's some, you know, duds in there, but when your closest comparable player is Percy Harvin, that that's some explosiveness right there. Yeah, that's. I mean, he definitely has some talent. Uh, yeah, main concern is him being healthy. Again, I'll be you know biased against Texans, but uh, definitely without a quarterback. Uh, or, uh, I mean, they've got a quarterback, but mm-hmm. without a decent quarterback, um, I, I don't love him for this year. Uh, but kind of with that health, he probably needs uh, needs some more time anyway. So it may uh, make sense if they can end up getting one, uh, a high pick this year and uh, get one of the top quarterbacks uh, once he's kind of everything's completely running for him. He's got you know some improvement this year and everything uh, on top of being completely healthy. That 2023 could look really good for him. And back to Damian Pierce for a second. Do are you afraid of of the amount of day two players he's being drafted ahead of, or do you think that you know basically being in the driver's seat for the Texans RB one warrants that that position? I, I definitely think on the running back, I, I, we tend to end up uh, like letting them having that opportunity definitely helps. It's not necessarily uh, like what we ta- I talked about earlier with Ceh. Uh, he was in an offense that okay, it's just he's going to be able to get touchdowns and everything, but. Uh, to have just be able to get really all the touches, I, I definitely I understand why he would be taken even above uh, backs that were drafted in front of him. So I, I don't don't discount that as much as uh, like on the receivers where some of them from opportunity. I, I like his opportunity in terms of just getting touches instead of opportunity being part of a great offense. Uh, if anything, he's part of a bad offense right now, but. Yeah, and Damian Pierce's number one road of his box score scout is Damian Harris uh, with a 100 sim score. So, um, you know, so Damian Harris was a day two running back, um, but Damian Pierce has has some opportunity to uh, outlive that that NFL draft capital. I'm not sure about the rookie draft capital is the same. Next, we have two more topics. We'll uh, fi- rapid fire them out. 
Zamir White to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Zamir White was a Debbie darling from the moment he, uh, you know, exited high school and entered the uh, entered college. Battled, you know, en- uh, injuries throughout his college time, um, but you know, showed flashes that like, hey, this guy could be, you know, a, a top running back if he puts things together. Um, was drafted in the fourth round, I believe, maybe the fifth, um, by the Las Vegas Raiders, and. The Raiders did decline the option on Josh Jacobs, and it's now come out that Kenyon Drake with his cap hit is a potential cut candidate this summer. So is everything aligning correctly for Zamir White, um, the day three guy, 122nd pick overall to you know possibly be a 2023 starter for the Las Vegas Raiders? Or do you think it's us jumping the gun with a bunch of different things? Uh, we're probably, I mean, jumping the gun a little bit, but I definitely think he's got at least that 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 upside uh, he's got mm-hmm. that possibility you know jacobs it almost seems to me uh that at least those those better running backs uh, they're more likely to end up you know trying to sit their their fifth year anyway and get an actual contract so it's not quite as concerning to me that they didn't pick up that fifth year at least, you know, I'm trying to look uh, at the glass half full of that's why they didn't pick him up is because they feel like they're just going to end up having to get him a contract either way. Uh, but it, does, it is at least a concern. I mean, why not just go ahead and offer it? And if the, you need to sign him anyway, then go ahead. Uh, but so it, it, it's definitely out there. I'm not hugely concerned that he's going to lose and uh, not be there. Uh, but People have done stupider things, and uh, if they did do something like that, and Zamir gets that opportunity, uh, he, he at least has shown the talent before, if he can stay healthy, that he could be that starter, and he could earn himself a job even if he's only uh, you know with one of those others. So if only one of them gets cut, he could end up still proving himself, just getting enough touches to... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that Zamir White's competition for 2023 is on the roster. I think it's either in the form of a draft pick or maybe a cheaper free agent running back than, than one Josh Jacobs. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our final topic. This is the one that people are gonna get mad at me. I'm gonna get tomatoes thrown at me. Um, I, Nathan Powell, as a, a Debbie enthusiast, a guy who. Uh, had selected Justin Ross several times in Debbie Fantasy Football. I am not buying the Justin Ross Kansas City Chiefs hype. I have sung this song. I have danced this dance. I, If I were a betting man, and I kind of am, if I were a betting man and I could place this wager, I would wager on Justin Ross not making the Kansas City Chiefs final 53-man roster. It's it's definitely a very real possibility. Uh, you know, we we definitely saw some talent in uh, in college, but then we saw a lot of uh, you know not really doing anything either. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me either. I, I wouldn't quite go and stick my neck out that I think he's not going to make the roster, uh, but uh, that's definitely not within the or out of the realm of possibilities. Um, and either way, I don't think he's going to be, I think he's still probably at best an end of roster guy. He's not getting a ton of targets. He's not going to end up producing really anything uh, to speak of most likely. Yeah. I think that the people that are, you know, selecting Justin Ross at the end of the second, early third, granted it's the end of the second, early third in a poor draft class, but I still think you can still get 
you know, one of, you can get one of the, you know, day two tight ends. You can get, you know, in like one QB leagues, you can get one of the, the day two quarterbacks. Um, there's a, definitely a lot of options that people are foregoing for Justin Ross. And I understand like the, the enthusiasm for him, but the floor is just so low. And I'm not even sure how high the upside is, how high the, how high the upside is for an undrafted free agent like Justin Ross. So, like I said, loved his talent as an 18, 19 year old. I'm just not sure where he's at, you know, now as a 22, 23 year old. You still have him on any of those rosters? No, no, I, I, I might have been embellishing saying saying that I had him on multiple teams. I had him on one team, and after the, I had him on one team, and after the, the neck injury, um, I was offered Keaton Slovis for, or I was offered a, a pick that became Keaton Slovis, and I don't think Keaton Slovis is going to do anything either. But, um, you know, at least he has some hope of like exploding at Pitt and then becoming the next Kenny Pickett. Yeah, he's, you know, still got some room to be able to grow instead of already having uh, been a UDFA. So, yep. All right. That should wrap us up for this evening. Thank you to our sponsor, Underdog, promo code Rotoviz. And you heard about my, my me talking Rotoviz Box Score Scout. It's my favorite tool when we're talking rookies. Talk it every single week, pretty much this time of year. And you can get it by going to uh, rotoviz.com. Use promo code RVRADIO2022, 10% discount. I mean, what holiday's coming up? Memorial Day. Um, no, that's probably insensitive. Can't can't say that one. Fourth uh, of July. What? Yeah, Fourth of July. What What is more American than than buying your friend a road of this subscription? I, I I say nothing. What about you, Justin? Uh, that sounds like a pretty great Fourth of July gift to me. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm doing that to all my friends this year. Fourth of July gifts. Road of this passes. That should wrap us up for this evening. Thanks so much for filling in, Justin. Um, I will see you again in two years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com